0: choice the of us. sometimes throwing up is the only tasteful choice in an otherwise untasteful situation welcome to the prestige ish media podcast in this episode we will be covering true detective season one episode seven after you've gone please note in this episode we may have spoilers through episode eight I'll be your host for this episode, Craig Lake. Co hosting with me for this episode will be Jessica Z and Dan McNair. You can find our show at Prestige Ish Media on Instagram and Prestige underscore ish on X. You can find me at Real Real Batman on both. You can find Jessica Z at Jobless Dog Mom and Dan McNair at Dan McNair 1017, both on Instagram. We hope you will join us for coming episodes as we cover True Detective seasons 1 through 3 on the way to the season 4 premiere January 14th on HBO, which we will also be covering. Now, without further ado, here's the episode. Episode 7, After You're Gone. Quick review on the 7th episode. Dan, you first.
1: I go 8.0 just because I'm not a big Juice Newton fan and that song at the beginning triggered childhood memories of when my mom was deep into country for a solid four months. Very difficult time. 8.0. Uh,
0: Jessica, episode 7.
2: I also was going to give it an 8 to make my ranking for next time. Correct?
0: And I think it's an 8 for but me Remember well.
2: when you guys were ranking the. First one's kind of high, and I was like, "Guys, hold on, because it's gonna get so much better." And it didn't feel like I aren't you so excited. Have like you already like seen I'm it? My, I don't care.
0: I feel like I like as much as the early as I like the late. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow, you, like you like a lot of buildup. Maybe more. Like
2: a lot of buildup. Maybe not like Rust at all.
0: So Marty and Rust are at the bar. We found out that Rust went to Alaska for eight years. He came back in twenty ten. He's basically telling Marty that he thinks they both have a debt that they owe. At one point, he kind of tells Marty that if he hadn't clipped Ledoux, that, you know, they might not be in the position they're in. I did think it was funny that Marty mentions here again that he hadn't had a drop of alcohol in three weeks again before Russ showed up. I thought that was interesting. I guess I, I'm going to start encompassing these two. What were your guys' thoughts on this opener here and then them getting into the shed, this kind of, these first two scenes? Dan, I'll let you go first.
1: Uh, you know, there was still tension at the bar, but once you see the storage area, that's Pandora's box for me. We see what Rust has been doing, what the other detectives can't see. And, you know, it, it felt like a gold mine. That, all right, well, we're going to find the stuff. We're going to pour through. I was I really had some forward momentum here,
0: Jessica, your thoughts on the opener and then heading to the shed?
1: I don't know
2: I just I don't think that i'm supr- I don't think I was surprised when he opened the storage unit just because of the condition we saw his apartment in the last time we right. saw it.
0: It's um, almost it's I would say it's nicer than his apartment in the shed,
2: although it's kind of freaky the way he had like the bird blocker perhaps. what were they called? bird traps bird trap like hanging and everything is a bit dark and I hope he's not spending too much time there but at least it's like away from his living quarters
0: did you guys find it weird at all that Marty still showed some level of concern and that he was kind of holding his gun going into the shed
1: after all this time it
0: made sense to me Jessica did you think he should be going in the shed strapped it's not like he
2: was going to shoot Rust if he didn't have to. Yeah, I
0: just question, think it does wouldn't show the. not you that he question
2: was... it after all that time? And he's dragging me out to this random spot? Yeah, I
0: just think it showed his level of uneasiness going into the situation. I thought it was funny that they had beer in the sh- shed. Rust kind of brings up Tuttle and the task force again. Marty asks him for more than conjecture. He mentions the 1988 Shepherd's Flock. The child molestation accusations that two years later, the school resurfaced as Light of Way Academy, where Rianne went. And then we see Russ interviews the trans stripper. Johnny Joni was his performing name. Jessica, what were your thoughts on Johnny Joni?
2: Also another person that was victimized in their childhood and acts out sexually as an adult.
0: True. Any other thoughts?
2: No, just, I don't know. I feel like a lot of kids that get picked up or people that are arrested for prostitution have a similar background.
0: Dan,
2: what
1: what were your thoughts thoughts on Johnny Joni? You know, I didn't really have any specific Johnny Joni thoughts. It seemed like it was just tracing down the trail, but there was something I kind of want to circle back to and I think you referenced it, but it seemed more pivotal to me. So I kind of wanted to underline, highlight, and bold it. When they're in the bar, Rust is trying to convince Marty to get back on and Marty really wants nothing to do with it. He's not okay. on board and he actually gets up to leave and he's on his way out. And that's when Rust hits him with the, you have a deadline," And to me, that was like a really big moment because he actually kind of, for me at least convinces Marty in a big way at that point to not turn around. And Marty kind of acknowledges it's like a very human moment where Marty is not a person that admits to a lot of faults easily and he gets him back on the line. So to me, that meant a lot as far as this episode goes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, w- I was a little surprised after how long they haven't seen each other, how resistant Marty was not to just at least see it through a little bit, but you see some of their hard interactions together. Like as much as they
2: bang and his wife made it even though
0: the death yeah yeah that that would have been a good comeback but
1: i mean it would
2: have been like we're yeah. even bye
1: yeah well and um, i don't think the debt is to rust i think the debt is to all the dead people that well see do. i uh... took it
0: i took it a couple ways i took both that i bet like, you did <laughs> I, I three ways so i took they as a group had a debt to the overall victims i took that Marty had a debt specifically because of the shooting and then Marty also had a debt to Russ because Russ has held the line over that crime scene the whole time so I think it was both that he felt Marty had the responsibility because they might have got more information and also that Russ had backed him so yeah I do agree that was all important and and kind of also we see a little bit of it in the shed as well I just thought it was sad kind of what happened to Johnny Joni and then these kids obviously it's horrific Um, he talks about kind of placing it as a dream but he does say that he remembers Tuttle we get another reference to the guy with scars he mentions you know, men in masks taking pictures, but we also hear like he couldn't really open his eyes very well. So I think these kids were drugged again, which is consistent with these other crimes. And then we find out that Marie Fontenu was one of these girls. So all pertinent information to the case, but otherwise a throwaway scene. I feel like we get a lot of scenes where we're getting the confirmation with the men with the man with scars. I don't know how many we needed, but we sure got them all. Marty kind of getting to the point, wants to know, what's the point? What do you need from me? Russ said he needs case files, missing person cases. He says he wouldn't have bothered him if the police hadn't pinched him, which all seems pretty valid. We do find out that while one of the Tuttles is dead, Eddie Tuttle is still a state senator. And that's the reason that this other case, the detectives were asking him about that. He was caught, you know, taking pictures on the scene, didn't make the wire. Marty is still calling everything conjecture, saying he sounds crazy. Rust says that there was a time he thought he was crazy, but that time is in the past now. And we close the scene with Marty asking him specifically what happened to Billy Lee Tuttle, who died two years prior to this. And ultimately we see he's going to have something he needs to look at. So we're finally getting to the meat and potatoes here. But while that's happening, we break away to... Marty going to see Maggie. What did you think of the order they edited this scene in, Dan? Because ultimately in the next scene, he says he's going to help him before we find out why he's going to help him. I do think this is one of those cases where they got a little weird with the editing order. And I don't understand the benefit. I actually think it is a, as, what you, would you call it? An unbenefit? Anti-benefit? Detract from yeah, detract, yeah, Benetractor.
1: A motivational standpoint, it seems like the tape is the thing that really seals the deal. And as far as Marty being on board, and I'm only thinking that there was like 80% of stuff that they had to chop up in the shed. So they just interspersed it with the Maggie thing partway through so that it wasn't like one long continuous info dump right that's my that's the only justification i can make i just
0: think they should have stopped short of her saying or him saying that he was gonna when she's are you gonna help him and he says that he is like why have that there why not see show it to us rather than tell it to us i guess but so we see maggie's now married she says the daughters are good you know we i don't think it's not pertinent to find out if we're going to get Maggie with the cops that we find out that she didn't tell the cops anything because we didn't see all of that. So we go back to the story of Russ breaking and entering all of the properties of Billy Lee Tuttle. He mentions that they never reported the Baton Rouge robbery. And he starts to show. Initially, he shows the pictures to Marty. Then he shows the videotape and gives them a flask. What were your thoughts on this scene, Jessica?
2: It was just, it's our first time seeing the tapes too,
0: right? Yeah, it's our first time seeing some of these photos, I think. It is a little hard because, I I mean, obviously we don't want to see any of it, but I felt like the pictures, you don't really know what he's looking at.
2: Yeah, but you know what that video is. The video
0: we get at least. And the
2: one he watches is the one with the Dora Lang, right? And she's crying.
0: It's Marie Founneu on the video, but it is uh, that girl that's crying in some of that buildup. But yeah, that's the that's Marie Founneu on that one.
2: I thought it was two different ones from the one that they showed to the guy on the boat.
0: He says the he says that the photos are 15 year cardstock. So my guess is those photos might be Dora Lane. And then the, but the video is definitely Marie Fontenot. What was your take on this scene, Dan?
1: Well, just as part of what you mentioned prior to this scene, they show the flashback of Rust, the super spy. Right. And that to me was kind of corny. Like he looked like Mr. Bean with his posture <laughs> trying to break into a place and sneaking around.
0: Like yeah. It's,
1: it, it felt a little hokey. Right. But. It was feeding me that he found the things, we've got this tape, but then there's something that bothers me about the tape. You know, we've kind of gone through this whole thing, like, okay, so there's one other guy that you need to catch. And in the video, it feels like there's five, there might be like one main baddie, but it seems like there's five or six other witnesses. And to me, that was kind of like, everybody is guilty implicitly for just being part of this. Like, how many people are we looking for? And maybe that's a bigger question for the end of the show, but that was something that just didn't match to me.
0: Yeah, I think we'll definitely revisit that as we wrap up the, the last episode. Any other reactions to this?
1: No, I think, like, Marty's reaction was like, kind of visceral over the top and that kind of started to sell the horror of what you don't actually see on the tape in a different context that might have been corny too but this felt true
0: i'm gonna actually backtrack and cover two at the same time here that we get him throwing up after he beats up those kids for the statutory rape do we think they're showing that so that we feel like he's not as bad of a guy after he beat the shit out of those kids yeah What's i do I feel what's the other purpose for it so I guess what I would say I think it we would have been better served if he like beat the shit out of his horn after beating up those kids and if they say him
2: what his what
0: horn horn beat the shit out of his car horn
2: uh <laughs> I heard what of, Jessica heard
0: <laughs> instead of throwing up uh, and I think he, they would have been better served to have him throw up. Here. I wouldn't even
2: say it because he, he'll use it as an outtake.
0: <laughs> 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 but, but yeah, no, I just think it w- they would have been better off with him throwing up here. I agree with you, Dan. I thought his reactions were over the top too. But you know, I guess how would anybody react to this? I think it was like your own kids. Well, you don't you would know what react- he's looking at. What's that? Well, that? Yeah, and I think, but that's the only part. Way- the, that's part of the challenge, and you don't want to look at it, so. I think the super size spy stuff, for as corny as it was, at least quick. How would you respond to seeing those pictures in video, Jessica? Would you have his reaction, or I would what cry. would you cry? Yeah,
2: I don't like violence or anything. Like even boxing movies and stuff. Like when they like hurt each other, I cry.
0: Jesus. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I mean, I think I would be more like quiet, angry, or sick. I do think I would be, like, sick, visibly ill.
2: But what if they were hot?
0: Inappropriate. Way inappropriate,
2: <laughs> Jessica.
0: Unbelievable.
1: I think I'm gonna throw I'm up. I'm still
2: upset about the Beth thing.
0: They're not 21, and they didn't choose to go there.
2: Wait, I thought they were. Like,
0: If Beth says, if Beth calls Billy Lee Tuttle and asks him if he wants anal and shows it a Shows up at his house and they march her out in a mask. Then that's on her.
2: I thought Miss Billy was a girl.
0: Oh, oh, we're going to get there too. He is Billy Lee Tuttle. Remind me
2: of Miss Billy.
0: Betty (laughs) is that girl, but he's probably calling her Billy after the dad, I guess. Because I don't think that's the granddad. So Marty does ask if Russ killed Billy Lee Tuttle. They assume that they he knew that the stuff got stolen from them and that somebody thought they were he was going to be blackmailed and somebody else did it i thought maybe he was going to kill himself like i was surprised that they went with murder versus killing themselves easier and something they don't show and then they're going to start by pulling everything on dora lane
2: well no someone probably saw him as like a
0: threat yeah, yeah, that makes sense too. When they first asked the question in the current timeline with the cops, I was like, "Oh, he probably offed himself." But it it does Someone make
2: sense he would be he killed. going to give too. away information or something.
1: Is there any parallel between Tuttle dying and probably being killed, and the guy a couple episodes back in the jail cell that? And received it's a similar. Bum?
0: Yeah, I mean it's a similar thing, and I think this, I guess, would be in a place where, to your point, you were just making Dan when on my first watch through, when I realized this part, I think that's when I would just realized, oh, this is so much bigger.
1: It's not just than... one bad guy because like
0: you're power. thinking the governor and this guy, they're all, but it's it's everyone, you know. So so to your point, I I definitely think you get some it's of that like a here, secret
2: society.
0: Yeah. So they, what did you guys think of Marty's office and the setup, seeing them kind of set up camp there? I thought it was pretty funny when Russ was asking if they were going to have to deal with a bunch of people there or whatever. (laughs) And Marty just kind of dismissed them. I thought it was good to see kind of like the gang get back together in a setting that was similar to the cop thing. What were your guys' thoughts on that?
1: To me, it seemed like kind of the Better Call Saul of office's that they're trying to, there's really no personality early on. There's nothing there but tables, lights, and charts. Bare minimum. That's what it felt like to me.
0: Jessica, were you excited to see them get the band back together in those offices, or?
1: Yes. You
2: didn't
0: care.
2: It just felt right to me.
0: They kind of flash to their personal lives, where they're kind of talking about what they're doing now, and it's just them pretty much alone. I think we both think that these guys are decent cops i think we all think that marty's not the greatest of human beings and maybe that rust is probably a better human being but i guess my question is it's kind of sad to see two people that are so potentially good at their jobs alone at this stage of their life what were your guys's reactions to kind of seeing how they live day to day now i
2: thought it was sad well kind of like they were very different people who didn't like approve of how each other were doing life and then look they ended up in the same spot twins
0: what were your thoughts
1: Dan There's a poetic justice to that the thing that really struck out to me I think at Marty at one point says he hasn't seen the daughters in a long time I think Maggie's bring him bring him up to speed on them and that was the part that was really sad to me
0: yeah, I think I was just like, this is pretty much how I live now. How am I supposed to feel about this? <laughs> Less alcohol. <laughs> so we find out that Marty worked four more years after Rust. We don't know why yet. I do think it was a notable quote. He says, I was going to play baseball, ride bowls. You become something you never intended and you don't know why. Rust claims he could have been a painter or a historian. They talk about it being a little late in the game and to be careful what you get good at. I thought those were kind of all interesting conversations and in quotes. What did you think of Marty going in to get the true crime files? Jessica, did you think he had a good cover story? He bribes kind yeah, of like a bottle think of scotch.
2: He, I think he sold it because he was quick. To, I'm serious. No, really. And I think that it was, hilarious. I don't know, funny to even envision him taking like a, a writing class. But like he didn't break character. I thought. I he think it well. was like
0: it was like the opposite of Charles and only murders in the building when he would do his fake detective work and it was always so terrible.
2: Yeah, I think he <laughs> he never broke character. And I think that he, it was like the perfect amount of asking for a favor while kissing ass.
0: I thought too, like when he said he'd like to avoid sucking fuck, that was pretty funny. That was his name for the two detectives. But also to your point, like earlier in the season, Dan, like you see how he's better relating to these people and just common people than than Rust is. Any other thoughts on this scene, Dan?
2: The common people, just, they're cops.
1: One thing I do like about Marty is that in these last couple episodes, he actually scores some points. And this is exactly what Rust brought him on for was his ability to work people and work relationships that Rust doesn't have that's a skill set he just doesn't have the same way
0: right well and i think you see in this episode like russ trying to ask marty some personal questions and i think in these last few episodes you see a lot better detective work from marty yeah
1: and totally. so from
0: my standpoint like i just assume that them working together has made them both better detectives if not people and yeah, i'll buy that definitely still would probably prefer Rust pulling files without computer in the bowels of the precinct. Um, But I I guess Marty did well enough. So they interview one of the Ledoux cousins who also remembers the burn face guy. They then try to track down, was that like, we think like a housekeeper or a nanny, the other gal that they end up meeting with? Yeah, the other
1: woman that Rust freaks out. Um, Yeah. Was that a housekeeper? Go ahead.
2: I was thinking like a secretary.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I
0: thought think. so too. There's a weird quote in there, and I'd have to re pull it. But she said when they were pulling the taxes, they said what was the word they used? Domestic. They they described her as a domestic, so I'm like that has oh, to be So household. that would have to be
2: a maid, right?
0: Yeah, so I'm thinking she's made or maybe a nanny for these younger kids that they were asking about. But I wasn't really clear on first watch and I had to re-try to pull that. They ask her about the one with scars. I think this is Rust eliciting another crazy reaction from somebody. She mentions that she thought it was a childress, a grandchild. She said his daddy did that to him. So I think that Sam Tuttle was the grandfather and then Billy Lee Tuttle was the father and then he was born outside of the family. Or maybe, I guess it could have been like a cousin to Billy Lee Tuttle. But I mean, Billy Lee Tuttle is Sam's son. Sam's the grandfather is kind of what I placed out of that. And then they show her the bird tra- traps and she starts like freaking out again. Then they're going to track down Steve. Is it Juracy? That's what I'm going to go with. I don't even remember. Sounds right. He was the sheriff of the Iberia Parish. The only person that can arrest the sheriff is a governor. So Marty is going to go golfing with him. Ultimately, Marty's trying the nice way. What did Russ said he'd use two cables and a battery or something. (laughs) So they're going to try this first. Ultimately, he asks about Marie Fontenue, and he kind of goes with that same story that like she ran away with the dad and the mom didn't care. And so that's how Marty knows he's lying. And then he's conveniently driving a Maserati, which I think he claims he got on the cheap, but that's a little ostentatious for sure. Maggie comes by to talk to Rust about Marty. Were you guys surprised that Maggie resurfaced there? We'll her so her yeah i mean story-wise it makes sense but in real life that's a it's a bold it's a bold encounter with a pretty simple i don't know i don't know that interaction goes down that way i think you either don't have it or it's a more lengthy interaction
2: well i would have um, had her picture up with a circle and a line through it at my bar Mm-mm, not in here lady
0: I think she would have preferred their last two interactions to be a little made more made it awkward lengthy. between me
2: and my best friend.
0: Any other takes on that, Dan, as far as them tracking down Jeracy and then Maggie?
1: The Geraci stuff I thought was cool. The Maggie thing, I'm trying to put the timeline because we've had all this really quick and jumped around. And I think she probably hasn't seen Rust since correct yeah That's she has thing. not the like apartment 10 years so not there, knowing right? where that is having life pass you by he's been in alaska for forever and stuff like that there is some time there even though us as viewers haven't had a lot of time where i think it's okay to just kind of like at least see the lay of the land it was
2: probably 10 years right because marty was like i haven't seen him in 10 correct, years." Correct. 10
1: years yeah, yeah correct yeah
0: yeah, I uh, don't know. Th- I don't know that it was inappropriate. I'm just trying to understand that scene in this show, and she shows up just to ask about Marty, and then he basically kicks her out. I just, I liked don't when he's, "You got
2: to go your class in the place of."
0: Yeah, <laughs> a good line. yeah. No, I thought it was a good line. I, I just, I, I don't know. Other than just seeing those characters together one more time before the show's over what they really accomplished with it. One other note, we did find out that the reason Marty quit was after he saw a baby being dried in a microwave. And he said he never wanted to see anything like that again. As a current parent, Jessica, are you aware that drying a baby in a microwave is a bad idea? Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) So Rust holds Jiracy at gunpoint on the boat. We see Errol Childress on the mower with the two current timeline uh, detectives as they're asking for directions. At this point, Dan, did you realize the guy on the mower was the guy we were looking for this whole time?
1: I 100% did, and there was a throwback. I don't know which episode it was where he was mowing the lawn at one of the things, and I don't even know who it is that approaches him.
0: So it was Rust who is approaching him, And as he was 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 like episode
2: um, three or something.
1: Oh yeah, it was like two or three.
0: Yeah, and and what ends up happening is Marty in the car gets the call on one of the Ledoux boys. They get like that. Get they get a lead there, and so he just keeps honking the horn. And so Rust is kind of trying to wrap up, and Marty just keeps honking honking the horn till he leaves. Um, Marty fucking it all up again.
2: Both times though. You couldn't really tell that his face was fucked up.
1: That's true.
2: And I really liked how they did that this episode. How the sun glare was there and you're unsure. You're like, is, you know, is it just haze or what's, you know, what are we saying? And then as soon as the cops drive off and he gets off the mower... And then it's like, it's creepy the way they do it. I like. Well, he also I like says that
1: my family's been around here a long, a long
2: time. time. I he know my whole that. way around the bayou.
1: We're
0: close to Jessica accent corner. Very close. Um, we will get more of it shortly. Yeah. So do we think that also he kind of fades into the background by acting slow? And is he acting slow or is he? I mean he's obviously not as slow as Betty as we'll find out but is he is this like a an act from him
2: that's what I was wondering I was wondering if he had if he has multiple personalities or if he is acting when he's doing these other voices and entirely different it seems like his intellect has very wide ranges yeah
1: what was your read on that Dan I think there is a whole lot wrong with this guy, and I can't put it in any one bucket. It's going to take a team of psychologists to pick apart the arrested development. He was abused by daddy. the, The weird stuff, but the violent behavior, but he seems to know it's wrong. He can hold a job. He can interact with people. There's just a whole lot going on here.
2: And he says it, he does it like under the guise of religion or whatever, but he... When he's speaking in the final episode and he says, you know, I, you wouldn't believe the things they did to me or something like that. And then, and I'm going to do it to all of them, all of the, you know, boys and girls of God or whatever he said. And so he's doing what was done to him.
0: Yeah. but I And I think too, you were in a different part of the episode we talked about. Dan but like Jessica had mentioned not really liking or caring for I guess the religious undertones but I feel like most of the religious undertones are not traditional Christian undertones they're this different form of religion in the guise of Christianity
1: how do you read that my experience in the south a lot of different takes and branches and directions that aren't necessarily mainstream and yeah it is an ideal that can be perverted for all sorts of other different reasons and this kind of fell into that lane for me
2: it's not that i I didn't like it i it was hard i said it's hard for me to follow because i'm so far removed from any sort of religious knowledge or experience but that's the thing is i
0: think of a lot of the language it's like posing as christianity but it's really not and i'd use another supporting point of that in in this episode which we're still on seven as we wrap it up we see him kind of show some of the drawings and pictures from the artists and things and then he mentions mardi gras and the masks and all these sorts of things so really what you're getting is like mardi gras behavior louisiana behavior even is a little different than southern behavior and like mardi gras and some of these other things are not there's obviously there's like the ash wednesday after fat tuesday but it's not it's not it's and there are in the tent scene like certainly that's some pentecostal and baptist type of illusions and stuff like that but i think when you start i mean we talk about satanic
2: very specific like smaller sects
0: of Well, no, I mean, we're getting into Satanism, we're getting into paganism, we're getting into witchcraft, we're getting into Mardi Gras, not a Christian apparatus. So I'd just like to point out that the guise of Christianity is being used, but what's actually happening here is not even perverted Christianity, it's Satanism is what we're talking about. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the prestige ish media podcast. In this episode, we covered true detective season one, episode seven, after you've gone. I was your host for this episode. Craig Lake co-hosting with me for this episode was Jessica Z and Dan McNair. You can find our show at prestige ish media on Instagram and prestige underscore ish on X. You can find me at RealRealBatman on both. You can find Jessica Z at JoblessDogMom and Dan McNair at DanMcNair1017, both on Instagram. We hope you will join us for coming episodes as we cover True Detective Seasons 1 through 3 on the way to the Season 4 premiere January 14th on HBO, which we will also be covering. Thank you again for listening. If you can, please like and subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms. And we hope you will join us again for another episode soon.
1: (laughs) Joking me that couldn't breathe. (laughs) 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 Partially You do remember is the answer.
0: (laughs) I actually, other than you telling me. Here's a therapy to forget. Let's dig it out just <laughs> Do you have a better description
1: of what happened no that that's pretty dead on and this was just one unfortunate up. incident in a series of unfortunate events <laughs>